Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. And welcome to another episode of the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Chopper Pequenel, your Jam That Champion, and I'm joined, as always, by my intangible co-host, Tempest the Wrestler. Hey, Tempest. Boom! I'm back. The boom. Watching welcome wrestling. Back, Watching wrestling. I had such a lovely week off where I didn't even mm-hmm. look in the direction of wrestling, mm-hmm. and now I'm here. To review yep. the longest goddamn SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> the longest SmackDown, and also an extra hour of AEW as well. We've got yeah. we've got a lot to get through on this episode coming up. Yeah. Um, but we'll try our best. Uh, but how was your week off aside from not watching wrestling? What did you what did you get up to? Uh, I didn't watch wrestling. And that kind of is the umbrella. It's the umbrella term that'll cover all of my my week off. I mean, really, mm-hmm. I just kind of like hung out and recharged the batteries a little bit. I watched a lot of yeah, the boys. Sense. I've been mm-hmm. meaning to get around to watching that show for a long time, and I've got maybe three or four episodes left. So it's a good show. I mean, I'm enjoying that. But I've just kind of also been seeing people that I haven't been able to see in in quite a while. I went mini golfing this week. That Lovely. was fun. I did do like that. I did. I got a hole in one on the last hole. So nice. I am the greatest golfer of all mm-hmm. time. Yep. Take that, Sean Ross Sapp. I'll beat you in mini golf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just kind of been like a nice week. I might be going golfing proper tomorrow. Uh, that'll be if the weather holds up. But otherwise, mm-hmm. I'm here to review SmackDown and Rampage. Yeah. Do do you feel recharged and refreshed? I I would say yes, but then I'm gonna have to watch Raw on Monday, and it's just gonna Oof. drain me immediately. Yeah, yeah. You've recharged enough for one Raw. That and that's it. That, that's as, as much that... of an indictment of Raw as you need. Mm. Yeah, A week exactly. off is is what you need to be able to watch Raw once. <laughs> Uh, but we're going to be like ships passing in the night because this is my last show before I'm off for two whole weeks. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to be on NXT. I'm not going to be on SmackDown for two weeks. 
I I've got I've got a plan ready after I'm finished today because this is going to be a very busy day for me, and a very long day. But once I'm done, I'm going to be deleting Twitter off my phone. I'm going to be deleting Discord off my phone so that I don't get any notifications from work at all. Going to be deleting Instagram, just completely going away for two weeks and just pure social media blackout nothing to do with wrestling or anything work related at all for two weeks i'm gonna go see my family it's gonna be great i'm gonna go to brighton with my friends i'm gonna get drunk and play board games that's gonna be fun it's just gonna have a good time i'm gonna do nothing to do with wrestling and i can't wait that does sound like a good time i know i i think genuinely Weirdly, the thing I think I'm most excited for is getting rid of Twitter off my phone. <laughs> Out of all those things, I just don't want to be around Twitter. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. God, what a terrible website. <laughs> Twitter. Screw you. Some guy uh, named anyway. Jeff, I think. Is it Jeff? Jack? Oh, I don't care uh, about this sort of thing. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, well, regardless, let's get into talking about this uh, this episode of uh, starting off with Rampage. We're leading with Rampage again, Tempest. Yeah. Take according to plan. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, because they just they just put out yet another like match of the year contender from Brian Danielson. Like, holy Jesus, Danielson versus Minoru Suzuki. Oh my God, what a match. So we're going to lead talking about that, then the rest of Rampage, and then SmackDown. It's a lot to get through, but we're going to try our best. Sorry if this is a long episode. Let's talk about it. Oh my God! It's counter-programming a mania on this uh, on this Friday night because not only did we get an extra super-sized SmackDown with an extra thirty minutes tacked on ad-free thirty minutes tacked onto the end of SmackDown, we also got an AEW Rampage buy-in that lasted an hour, a pre-show for Rampage, the one hour before the one hour of Rampage which somehow featured Brian Danielson versus Minoru freaking Suzuki on YouTube <laughs> for free. Oh my god. Um so we're going to we're going to lead with that little uh, that little match right there because oh my god. They killed each other. It was amazing. Uh welcome to the Wrestle podcast review of AEW Rampage and WWE SmackDown. Uh, we're gonna yeah we're gonna talk about this match first. Send in your ultra chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support because we really want to get people's opinions on this whole night of wrestling and what you think about the counter programming and what you thought the better show was and what your favorite match was and favorite moments and what you thought of SmackDown because I thought SmackDown was actually pretty good this week. I thought it was a pretty good show overall and Rampage I thought was great. It was all really good night of wrestling all in all I think, but especially capped off with my favorite match across the two shows. Hot damn. Brian Danielson versus Minoru Suzuki. (laughs) This match was insane. Because as someone who hasn't watched all that many Suzuki matches, I've seen some of his bigger ones, but I'm not all that familiar with like the huge back catalog of Suzuki matches in his career. When someone says Minoru Suzuki, I think this is going to be really stiff, hard-hitting, 
a Suzuki match, right? That mm-hmm. That's the thing you think of. What I don't think of when I think of Suzuki is a technical wrestling masterpiece. And you know what? This kind of had that in it at the same time. This was the, the perfect blend of what the two of these competitors are absolutely best at. Suzuki killing people as what Suzuki does best. Brian Danielson, absolute technical wizardry in the ring. They had both aspects in this match, and the other one of them held their own against the the guy that does it best in both aspects of this match. This was a, a wonderful, wonderful affair going back and forth. Started off with technical wrestling and just oh, tiny little things that just make this thing for me. One little standoff they had in the match of Danielson trying to go for Suzuki's leg. And it's just like he kept like faking him out like he was going to go for the leg and backing into the corner. And he's going to go. No, he's backing going again. No, he's going to back again. And then he goes for it super quick and like scuttles along the floor, like on his knees, trying to like hook the leg. But Suzuki's going into the ropes, like trying to get him off his leg. And I was like, this is really awesome. Like just just that little that little sequence was so cool. And then they just started hitting each other really, really hard. Oh, it was good. One particular punch that Brian just sold like he just died. Like he just, like Suzuki just elbowed him in the face and he just dropped. And then the crowd shot named Holy S Word because Brian's such a good seller. Oh my God, this match was so much fun. Sure was, wasn't it? You know, it, it's been a while since uh, since a New Japan match was able to be had like in front of this kind of audience. I know they do their New Japan Strong and and their U.S.-based shows, but it's not exactly the same. This was like the finals of the G1 Climax in a, in a raucous building with people that people cared about, and I was, I was very excited. I was excited to see this match going in because, come on, it's Brian Danielson, it's Minoru Suzuki. This has Dream Match written all over it for someone like me. And then you go in and you start, and they're just wrestling. They're just doing their little wrestle, and Brian, like, slides in on his knees to try and go for the single leg takedown. And I was just like, I just, I'm happy. I'm a happy wrestling fan. I'm a happy wrestling boy watching a good wrestling match. And it was just a series of moments like that where I was like, he's just wrestling. We're seeing American Dragon Brian Danielson go out there and do a wrestle again. And it just warms my heart. It truly does. Because now that we've seen it a few times with a few different people, Man, you got you got Daniel Bryan, who's like one of the best WWE stars that they've had. And then you've got Brian Danielson. <laughs> and it really is amazing how much better the matches are when you just take the reins off and let the artists go out there and make art. This you match take, take the reins off, Tempest. You take the take the reins off. Take the Roman reins off. Like Roman reins. Yeah. This match was great. It was absolutely great. I think I still like the Kenny Omega match more than this one because I've seen a lot of people saying match of the year and and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But man, if if Brian Danielson can just have Im- incredible matches like this on a somewhat regular basis, we could be in for like the best run of Brian Danielson's career. He's right? off to a great start. Yeah, like I I think. If someone said that they preferred this match over the Kenny Omega match, I wouldn't just be like, wait, what? 
Like, I feel like the fact that you can legitimately go, oh, no, yeah, that's a fair point. Like, I can see where you're coming from with that. Mm -hmm. Just shows how good this match is. Like, oh, so much fun. There was one point, I just looked at my notes again. There's one point where they were just trading these stiff blows back and forth. Classic Suzuki stuff, right? And at one point, Suzuki just puts his hands behind his back. I legitimately gasped when he did it. Put his hands behind his back and was like, oh, go on, hit me again. And I was like, oh, God, this is cool. Oh, no. <laughs> um, and yeah. Oh, what what a what a bloody match. So much fun. Um, yeah. They just kept going. And I really like the finishing sequence as well, where they were just doing counter after counter after counter after counter after counter. It's like bouncing off the ropes. Brian hit his knee. One, two, three. Brian gets the win. Oh, great stuff. I thought... I don't think this is match of the year, but this is definitely up there. This is like top ten for me of the year. I think pretty comfortably. I mean, this was this was so much fun. I enjoyed myself so much watching this. What I think match. I think top ten is uh, top ten is is quite fair, you know, because uh, it's it's difficult because like you kind of forget about some of the matches that took place early in the year. And as someone who does still watch all the big New Japan shows, I can pretty comfortably say that there's been a number of matches that they've done that have been better than this one. But that being said, if you said top 10, I'd be like, yeah, yeah that's, that's about right. We also just, as as Pilot points out in the in the comments here, we've, we've gotten the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers, which I think is still my match of the year, personally. So yeah. you can never say no to more match of the year candidates. A great year in wrestling is kind of defined by how many match of the year candidates you have. So if this is another one, then I think that's just a, a big win for all of us fans getting to see it. And the thing is, like, <laughs> the fact that we're really struggling to piece together what our best match of the year would be is like, that's, that's a good sign. <laughs> you yep. know? And I've seen a few other people like comparing this to Walter and Dragunov from Takeover as well. That's another like masterclass of a match. Like so many great contenders from this year, and this I think was just a, a another one of those, which was awesome. Um, but more than this match as well, the reason this kind of this was taking place, we'll talk about this a little bit briefly now, was this just seemed like straight up counter programming from AEW because it seems like in the entirety that AEW in the entirety of the time that AEWs existed, it's been. WWE have been counter-programming AEW. They're the people who mm -hmm. moved uh, NXT to USA to counter-program AEW after AEW been announced. It was when uh, they put on, you know, Great American Bash for NXT after AEW done their stuff. This felt like the first time that AEW had gone, you want to play ball? Let's play ball. I can counter-program too. After WWE had announced that on FS1 they're going to be doing the Super Size SmackDown, doing the extra ad-free half hour that's going to eat into Rampage. Um, then uh, AEW like, okay. And then decided <laughs> to put on the buy-in on YouTube uh, that had um, the, the the three matches that were on it. Bobby Fish versus Lee Moriarty. This Danielson-Punk match. Uh, and Ty Conti versus um, the Santana Garrett. Mm -hmm. I was going to say the bunny, but that is wrong. That was Ruby Soho on the main show. Um, and I think the fact that they can just put on Danielson versus Suzuki for free on YouTube, put on a great match, I, I do not see the problem with that. Fans benefit. They get an awesome match. Yay. More options for fans to watch stuff. If this isn't your style of match, if this isn't doesn't appeal to you, then you've still got SmackDown to watch all good you know fans benefit um 
it benefits AEW for putting on more content, for putting out this sort of stuff. It doesn't mess up a- any AEW stories. I don't think, I don't feel like the AEW programming has been compromised because they've just been hot shotting matches and going back and forth and ruining whatever stories they've been doing. It, it just, it just benefits wrestling fans. I, I, I don't see any problems with it at all, personally. I think, I think that's the the big key to this because when WWE would would do stuff like this with like the Great American Bash last year, like they were hot shotting title changes. Like they put the title on Keith Lee like overnight just to be like, oh, we got to get a big number. And that was something where it's like, well, you could have built a little bit more to that. You know, it it felt like they'd rushed a moment for the sake of a number. Here it's just like they've got so much talent on this roster and so much talent available to them from other companies that you can have an amazing, amazing match like Danielson and Suzuki. And it's just like, well, we're just going to have a great match. It's not like this match was was planned for two months down the line and and now it's being rushed and and everything like no there's a difference between just putting on a really competitive show and hot shotting and I don't feel like AEW has crossed the threshold into hot shotting with any of this so thumbs up all around I don't necessarily want them to keep doing this because mm. it makes it a lot harder for me to watch all the shows when they're longer and also at the same time but for one night, I'll take a little bit more rampage. This was fun. Yeah, I think as as a as a special one off, I I don't inherently see a problem with it. And if they want to keep putting on more match of the year contenders for free on YouTube, yeah, go ahead. Why not? You know, yep. wrestling fans are going to benefit in the long run. So why the hell not? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed. And it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
But anyway, we'll talk about the rest of Rampage in a little bit here. But now, let's get into some of your Ultra Chats here and see uh, what you guys think. Uh, let's see. Uh, we've got a, a message here from Valor Mamadipudi that I think was on yesterday's show. I might be wrong. Uh, it says, Tony D'Angelo. Tony D'Angelo is OSW Boy Stable Material. Yes, I use my free member chat that I get once a month to say this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, forget about it. Tony D'Angelo. Got a problem, I go down to the docks and I make the problem disappear. Tony D'Angelo. Uh, but actually, the, the ultra chats regarding the Danielson-Suzuki match. Uh, this profile isn't real, though, says a brilliant move by AEW putting that match on YouTube. Every wrestling fan in Japan is going to watch that match. Probably everyone in the UK and Australia, too. Th that match is like a code. It says, if you understand this match, you are with us. This is for you. This is something I really like about AEW as a whole. It's just like, here's all this wrestling and all these different styles. Not all of it has to appeal to you. But if you get it, you understand these styles. You understand wrestling. This is good. I like it. Yeah, it's... I will maintain this forever. Wrestling should be diverse. Mm. Not just in, like, diversity of the performer. That too, obviously. But the diversity of styles. A mix of styles makes for a more exciting show. That's why when you see a WWE pay-per-view, the matches can be very good, but they can also get kind of tiring by the end because many of them will follow a similar formula but here no two matches on any of these shows feel like they're the exact same and that goes for for this company this goes for big new japan shows this goes for the great nxt takeovers all the matches feel different and it makes the matches feel so much more exciting and go by so much quicker love it yeah for sure Luke Neal said, uh, I love the Suzuki Danielson match. One of the best matches I've seen in a long time and one of my new favorites. Also, as a wrestler, do you work out a lot, Tempest? Because I would love to be a wrestler and I feel like I'm too small. L-I-W. Oh, should have worn a, a better shirt so you can see these pecs. <laughs> see, see the pecs going. Oof. See see the, the pec pop of love. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you want to be a wrestler, basically any, uh, any time that you have, you know, you want to be eating right or going for a run, working on cardio or banging away in the gym. If you're not in the ring and stuff like that, I would have liked to have done a lot more of that over pandemic, but you know, the world stopped, mm. but yes, do that. If you want to, if you want to be a, a wrestler. Mm -hmm. Ronan C says, Brian Danielson has been an AEW a month. And in that time has had my two favorite matches of the year. Yeah. I mean, it's great. Isn't it? We, like we, great. we said, even in his time in WWE, we were like, Daniel Bryan is like the best wrestler in the world. When he's when he's let loose, he's the best wrestler in the world. And now he's gone to AEW, and the reign's been taken off, and now we've gone, he's the best wrestler in the world. <laughs> like, it's he's it's so incredible. Good. It's yeah. incredible. It really is. You know, like I I will be perfectly honest. When someone goes to WWE for a while, they kind of drop off of the list. For me in terms of like who's the best wrestler in the world usually it's like aj styles would stick in there for a while but then you just keep watching people like kenny omega shingo takagi tomohiro ishii kazuchika okada tanahashi whoever just put on like great match after great match after great match and in wwe they're not allowed to have great matches that often but then as soon as they leave wwe you've got brian danielson having two match of the year contenders within a month of each other boom like it's incredible. Just if they would just let the wrestlers wrestle, 
they would have the best roster in the world with the best matches, but they don't want to do it. Yeah, it's wild, isn't it? It's crazy. Oh, wild. Uh, Farts McCool says, uh, Dragon versus Suzuki should be known as the YouTube classic going forward. Incredible match. Just beautiful. BWO for life. I'm sure Stevie Richards and the Blue Meanie will appreciate you showing up for them in 2021. Yeah. Uh, Laxmi uh, says, uh, the Danielson-Suzuki match. Oh, buddy. That first elbow which knocked Danielson to the mat had me legit concerned. Uh, And Punk is getting less and less rusty with each match. Maybe a few matches later, he needs a long-term angle to sink his teeth into. I agree. Yeah, I thought there would be more play with uh, Team Taz going forward. I thought that this was going to kind of build to build up to Punk and Ricky Starks in a match, possibly at full gear or something, which we might get to. But it does kind of feel like uh, he's just like, I'm just going to have a few matches first, get warmed up. And I've enjoyed all the matches. I love this match with Matt Seidel, but I'm interested for, for a big angle at this point. Matthew Robinson says, Suzuki versus Brian on YouTube. OMG, how is this possible? This is a Wrestle Kingdom match, right? Sure is. Pretty much, yeah. Great way to describe it. Yeah. CJ Thornton says, I don't have cable or live TV, so I wasn't able to watch SmackDown or Rampage, so I'm just here for your guys' review. Also, Suzuki versus Brian was everything I ever wanted and more. The moment when when it was a standoff between chop and kick was just gorgeously rough. Love it. It's a work of art. It was, yeah, it's was, it was, it was pretty good. You know, it's it pretty good match. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Matthew Robinson says, uh, "Tempest, how much did you mark out to the Brian Suzuki match?" I just kind of sat there and watched it, like with a a big smile on my face. You know, it's just like you're getting to watch the dream match, and throughout the entire thing, it's it's going as as well as you had hoped it would, and you're just kind of mm-hmm. like, yeah. This is living up yeah. to This is the thing I wanted, and it's perfect. Yeah. Uh, we'll do a, a quick couple more, and then we'll uh, get into the Rampage review here. Hawk the Outcast 823 says, uh, First time Ultra Chat. Thank you. Uh, the only thing that would have made the Danielson match better is if they had bled into Rampage on TNT, forcing anyone who was watching SmackDown on their TV and the buy-in on their phones immediately change the channel. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm in two minds because I genuinely thought that like when they were getting towards the end of it, I was like, what if they just went into Rampage itself and they had like the final like five minutes was on Rampage. I was like, that would be a really cool way to start it and make it feel a bit more like real. But also the people that were like watching on YouTube and like don't have cable or or just don't watch like Rampage, they'd be robbed of the finish to a match. And I I don't like that. So I, I don't know. I don't yeah, know if if you, like I think it also doesn't really work because think of all the people that will go back and watch it after the fact who don't mm-hmm. have the ability to just like, and hey, it's live, flip over to the other thing. So you're just watching right. the match and then the finish isn't there. And then you got to go mm-hmm. and track down the last five minutes of it on another show. I think it's it's interesting in concept, but in execution, I think it would just kind of frustrate people. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Tio Seminario says, I want to see Ishii in AEW, especially versus Danielson. Give yes. me Ishii. Yes. Please. Ooh, please Ishii versus Ishii. Miro. Ishii versus oh. Eddie Kingston. Yeah. Oh. Ishii versus anyone, really. Ishii yeah. is a monster. I love that man.
we'll get into the rest of your ultra chats here later on for now let's get to talking about the other shows we've got lots to cover because we have an extra hour of rampage and an extra half an hour of smackdown so we're going to speed through these reviews today um, so uh on rampage we started off with ty conti versus santana garrett uh, which was a decent little match. Nothing too special or fancy about it, but I thought Ty Conti looked really good coming out of this one. Although she had some really good uh, clean offense. I think she's improving all the time. Every match she does, I'm like, man, Ty Conti's really getting good. And she had some really cool, like, uh, like few pump kicks in the corner finish spot, uh, which I thought was really cool into her DDT to finish. Good match. Yeah, I thought it was a good match. I, I thought it was funny too, because there was a lot of uh, people pointing out on Twitter yesterday that this was the match that a lot of people when they saw ty uh ty conti in nxt were just like gosh can't work this match is a disaster mm. blah 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 and now they're putting it on tv after her having been in in aew for a year plus and you see how much she's grown as a performer just in the last year like she is a very capable good pro wrestler at this yeah. point Still a little bit green because she hasn't been doing this for too long compared to some other people. But there's definite growth and definite just she's perfect now. Like not a perfect wrestler, but she's perfectly adequate in this role. And that's all I want as long as you're trending upward. It was just such a fun little match. Like it didn't need to be amazing, but it was it was a sign of growth. And that's what I want from any new wrestler. Mm hmm. Absolutely. And yeah, I, I could totally see her at some point in the next year to two years. I could totally see her as TBS champion. Oh, absolutely. That'd be, that'd be great for her. She did that as well. Mm -hmm. um, I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. Uh, after that, we got Bobby Fish versus Lee Moriarty. I thought this was probably the weakest thing on Rampage, but I thought it was good fun regardless. Uh, I love really Lee Moriarty. Yeah, both of them I thought was very, very cool. Uh, it was a good match. Bobby Fish came out looking good and got the win in the end. Lee Moriarty looked, also looked good in defeat. It was a match that was there. It was good. Both of them looked good coming out of it. Thumbs up. Yep, I'm going to be very much looking forward to seeing uh, how Lee Moriarty uh, climbs up the ranks in AEW. Because, you know, he's, he's one of those guys that is signed on from the indies. And a lot of the times, like, he's not the huge free agent signing that obviously a Punk, a Cole, you know, the Brian Danielsons are. Whereas you immediately, sh they're shooting right to the top, right? But he's got a little bit more buzz coming in about him than someone like a Will Hobbs last year. Or a number of these other free agent signings off the indies where... No one knew who they were beforehand, other than people who watched their little independent circuits. But he's a guy with a lot of potential, and he's a guy that could be pushed decently hard right out of the gate. I'm just curious to see whether they'll do that or not. Mm. We shall have to wait and see. And then after that, we obviously got Danielson versus Suzuki, which you've already spoken about. Oh my god, it was, it was so much fun! It was, uh, it was really, really good. It's really good, good wrestle. Uh, then we got into the main Rampage card itself, which started off with CM Punk versus Matt Seidel. I did not think this was going to be as good as it was. No, nothing against, obviously, Punk or Seidel. I think they're both fantastic wrestlers. But I, d I don't know what I was expecting from this, but this was better. <laughs> this was mm -hmm. really, really fun. And there were several points. They were really building to um, Seidel hitting one particular move. I forget the, the actual like technical name for it. Um, but they were really building to it repeatedly through this match. He eventually hit it, and I was like, Sido? Sido winning? Like, 
<laughs> like he's not winning. He's not beating CM Punk on a ramp. Like it's not happening. But I bought into a couple of them. I was like, damn, this is it's a really good match. Uh as um as one of the ultra chats mentioned, I think Punk is getting better and better with each match. He's just like kind of just chipping away at that ring rust, just getting back to where it was before. And this was another um another example of Punk just uh getting back to his old ways again. Really fun sequences in this match, really close near falls. Thumbs up once again. Yeah, good stuff. CM Punk gets the win, obviously. Cool transition to GTS as well. Yeah, I really enjoyed a lot of the subtle moments in this match. You know, like even just them shaking hands and Punk just kind of like patting him on the chest at the start. You know, because these are two guys that have never really been linked on screen. You know, like they have history, obviously, and just that they've mm-hmm. wrestled you know, a lot dating back a number of years, but it's not like they were rivals or it's not like they were tag partners or something like yeah. that. But I did like the acknowledgement that, Hey man, you and I have been in the game for a long time, you know, and they did the little video package beforehand where they mm-hmm. showed them wrestling in IWA mid South in like 2002 or whatever it was. And it's just like, yeah. man, these guys have been wrestling for a long time. But I like the acknowledgement of that kind of stuff because then when you see them go out there and have kind of like a friendly competition wrestling match as opposed to like a deep-seated hatred kind of wrestling match, you know, where we just saw Punk wrestle Daniel Garcia in Powerhouse Hobbs where he's fighting for his life. He's fighting off 2.0 at ringside. He's fighting off Hook. This one's just a friendly competition. Mm -hmm. And I really, really like that you can see the difference in the work. You know, they're not just telling you all these guys are having a friendly wrestling match. No, the work is different because the matches are different. I just love AEW. This kind of stuff just oh, it just tickles my fancy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it was very good. Um, but yeah, Punk got the win. was good stuff. Uh, the Dark Order backstage put out a challenge to the Super Click. Dark Order versus uh, Young Bucks and Adam Cole. Uh, which makes sense. They were saying that they didn't want the Super Click to get involved in. And Hangman Page is back and he's got the title shot, but we don't want you ruining hangman's return or whatever so we want to fight you and i was like that makes sense i'm all for it that's going to be a fun match yay um and then after that we got ruby soho versus the bunny i thought this match was good uh i wasn't a huge fan of the roll-up finish i would have preferred ruby get a convincing victory over the bunny especially because it's the bunny who's not like you know one of the big top protected names in aew she's someone who can lose especially to a bigger name like ruby soho uh so i would have preferred her to to get a an actual finisher pinfall victory here but a decent match nonetheless um and then penelope ford came down and hit her with the brass knucks after the match which i felt was a little bit repetitive what they've been doing with ford and the bunny as of right now I'm sure it will lead to something good, but feels a little bit like just kind of trading water at this point. Yeah, and I think that's kind of how a lot of the booking goes for shows like this, where it's like if you're not going to be at the top, you're going to be wrestling the folks in the middle, mm-hmm. and you're kind of just going to go and wrestle around for a little bit and do that until a spot opens up which I don't mm-hmm. think is necessarily a bad way to book. I do agree that this should have been a decisive finish and not a, a backslide or what have you. But yeah, I'm like, I'm in the middle of it. I don't love it, but I'm also not like 
offended by it either. Right. Like, I, you got to give Ruby Soho something to do. And she's still, you know, she won this match. I think she's going to be booked strong throughout this and kept very strong until she's able to go for either the TBS championship or go and get another shot at the AEW Women's Championship. It's just this is what she's going to be doing in the middle. In the meantime, it's like it's it's a solid okay. It's a solid, decent little feud that she'll have. For sure, but she still looks good coming out of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And no one came to save her. And commentary put over like, "You need friends in AEW. Like, if you don't have friends, you're gonna really struggle." Which mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense for AEW because it's factions everywhere. Uh, but then we got the main event, which was the inner circle of uh, Jericho, Hager, and Guevara versus uh, Men of the Year and uh, Junior De Santos, which felt massive. I wasn't super into this feud. Like I thought it was cool. Like, you know, Jorge Masvidal coming in and hitting his knee on Jericho. I was like, that's 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 a cool angle. That's that's a fun little inclusion. But I wasn't super jazzed about this feud or anything. But when they were coming out and they just were like starting to stare off and you had the whole of like American top team coming out and and everyone was starting to get ready for the match and Hago taking his top off and he was like bouncing around the ring. I was like, this feels big time. Like this feels like a really big deal. Um, which was I was surprised when I got that feeling. I was like, I didn't think I was too into this feud, but this this feels very important. Uh, and they had the, the split screen promos beforehand as well, which I thought was was decent stuff. Um, classic good promos, I think, on either side. Uh, and I thought the match was pretty good as well. I thought Junior De Santos looked really good coming mm-hmm. out of this. Obviously, very protected in a big six man tag uh, environment, but man, when he got to shine, he shined. I think he looked really, really good. And uh, I, I. Honestly, it's a distraction finish. I'm not a huge fan of distraction finishes. This one really worked for me. Yeah. This one re- this one really This is how you do a distraction finish right. This one really really worked because this was the heels coming in looking like they were uh on the on the back foot here. But uh uh Paige Van Zandt at the uh at the side distracted the referee. Jorge Masvidal comes in, knees Jericho again and just slides out the ring. Uh, leaving Scorpio Sky to pick up the pinfall victory, which was really cool. And everyone hated it. All the heel heat came right in. This was actual heel heat. You had the 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 crowd chanting asshole at all the people in the ring. They were beaten up all of Inner Circle afterwards. Well, Proud and Powerful came down and to, to make the save. But this was just good stuff. It was a distraction finish that really worked and it helped build heel heat because they don't do distraction finishes all that often. So when you have it like this, it's good. I like it. Yeah. I think it, it helps that uh, that Jorge Masvidal was involved. Mm. You know, when when <clears throat> when the distraction finish involves like the biggest star involved in all this, something that you're kind of still interested to see more of, I think it helps a lot more than if it was just, you know, one of the other people where it's just like, yeah, okay, distracted distraction finish but it's still shocking to me every time i see jorge masvidal get involved physically mm-hmm. you know so when i see that again i was like oh big stuff's happened they're gonna be on sports center tomorrow you know <laughs> and stuff like that and i like that you know i thought the finish was good you know it was solid you got a chance for someone to pin chris jericho which they can then talk about and then you build up to whatever match we're gonna get at the pay-per-view maybe maybe we get jericho versus masvidal I don't know. I don't. That, that sounds like a big deal, but ah, mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm into it. I'm mildly into it. I haven't been super into uh, Men of the Year and American Top Team 
before the promo that they cut a week or, or two weeks ago, whenever it was. But this was this was pretty solid. If they do more stuff like this, they'll they'll hook me. Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, I think what they might be building to is a proper five on five, maybe. And they have mm-hmm. the entirety of any inner circle versus American Top Team and Men of the Year, which I think might be quite quite fun uh, if that is the case. Maybe that's the full gear match. We'll see. Um, but that that was the uh, the end of Rampage, and I thought it was a really fun show. That God, that Bayern match was so good. Oh mm-hmm. my God! Uh, and I thought that the actual ma- ra- uh, main Rampage card, Rain Mampage card, the main <laughs> Rampage card, I thought was still really really good. Had some solid matches. It's, it's classic Rampage formula. Solid matches. People look good coming out of it. Nothing super special or fancy or crazy, but people look really good coming out of it and to further some stories. Awesome. Great. And then you also had the Bayern match, which was amazing. So this was this was a great Rampage. This was an awesome Rampage. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, I honestly, and this might shock some people here, I did think that two hours worth of Rampage might have been a little too much. Mm-hmm. personally because i was watching some of the man some of the matches here and i was like some of these matches don't necessarily need to be quite this long you right. know like when rampage is just one hour and you have like three or four matches in that hour and they're all given a decent amount of time and flesh them out i think that works perfectly once you stretch it to two hours then i'm like okay i could have used maybe a promo in here just to break up things a little bit and they don't do that on Rampage. So, I don't know. That was just me. I didn't think it was a bad show by any means. I'd still say this is like a four or five out of five, you know, just because of that uh, Brian Danielson match. But going forward, if they're going to end up doing more two-hour Rampages, I think they should mix in a promo or a segment of some kind, you know, in the middle here just to break up an hour and a half to two hours of just nothing but wrestling. Nice balance, perhaps. I agree, for sure. Uh, just before we move on from Rampage, I did just want to highlight that Luke tweeted me today that says, Danielson vs. Suzuki was in fact pretty great. Feel free to use that in the podcast review. I, I will, Luke. I did. I, I just used it. There you go. Suck it, Luke. And also, I just got one gif from the Danielson-Suzuki uh, match, which I really, really, really enjoyed. Suzuki just taking the ref aside, straightening him up. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> we're going back to the match now. Good job, Bryce. <laughs> Killing I, it. I really enjoyed Suzuki in that little moment. That was great. Um, but yeah, so let's move on to SmackDown now. Um, that was Rampage. Let's talk about SmackDown, uh, which I thought, spoilers, was actually a pretty good show. Uh, overall, there was a few negative points, which I'll get to. But I thought overall, this was pretty good. Uh, so this was the Super Size show. First off, this show was not worthy of an extra half an hour. There was not not an extra half an hour's worth of content on this show. All of the stuff that happened on the show could have fit into a two-hour show. Um, Mm -hmm. I will admit that the the main event match, not the main event segment, the main event match of Becky versus Banks definitely got more time than they would have otherwise had with this extra half an hour, which is great. But you definitely still could have fit that length of match in a two-hour show if you cut out some of the other fluff on the show. Like, they had two full rundowns of crown jewel on this show it's like you didn't need both of those you could cut that back a bit lots of like long recaps and stuff like that if you cut those things out all of this stuff could fit on a two-hour show but i'm happy at least that some of the matches did get more time than they otherwise would have 
on a normal two-hour show in the WWE style, as it were. Um, but regardless, this show uh, opened up with a long recap package of Edge and Rollins and Edge cutting a promo. Uh, and I, it was at this point that I realized that it was actually the it's the go-home show for Crown Jewel because it's happening next Thursday. So it's before next Friday SmackDown. So this is actually the go-home show for Crown Jewel. Um, and I thought that Edge did a really good job here. Very fiery promo about how Rollins, he isn't Edge Light. He's Seth freaking Rollins. But, you know, he underestimated Edge at SummerSlam. I under underestimated Seth uh, on SmackDown and we won a piece. But now no one's underestimating each other. We're inside hell in a cell and it's going to be decisive. I'm going to scar your soul. Scar your soul. <laughs> yeah. Edgy. But with edge. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If, it was if, good this, if this friggin' match wasn't in Saudi Arabia, I'd be really looking forward to it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, honestly, if if this had gone and been like at Survivor Series or something like that, have the blow off and a big, maybe they're still going to go out there and try and have like a five-star match in this Hell in a Cell. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know how Saudi Arabia affects the quality of this one we'll see we'll see but that being said i think that they've done a very good job with this feud i thought edge had a very good promo that elevated not only him and his investment in it but also seth rollins and trying to elevate him i think it just hit all it ticked all the boxes for what you want out of a great babyface promo from a legend and mm -hmm. some people might might think that i'm gonna scar your soul there's a little bit a little bit too much in the cartoony, wacky wrestling, uh, wrestling bit, but I don't know. I, I'm still kind of into it. He's, I think Edge is from a, an era where you can kind of get away with some of that. You know, and if the rest of the promo is still great, you can get away with a corny line. And I also think that Edge delivered it well enough. I think in someone else's hands, that might have been a bit like Ugh, when mm -hmm. someone else said it, but I think Edge delivered it very well, so it kind of made up for it. Um, but yeah. Good promo overall. Maybe a bit more excited for the match. Still won't be watching, but you know, it was good. Uh, we then got a quick recap of the King of the Ring matches from last week, and then we've got the semi-final match of Finn Balor versus Sami Zayn, and hot damn, this match was fun! Because once mm -hmm. again, they have two very good wrestlers, and they let them wrestle. It's great. Yeah. It's awesome. Good. Novel concept, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so many back and forths that I was not expecting, because Sami Zayn has... He's been getting some wins over, you know, Dominic and Rey Mysterio. But, like, before that, he was kind of just a comedy joke, you know? And he's going against the guy who was just facing Roman Reigns for the Universal title. Not that you'd know that, because they literally haven't referenced it since. Um, but um, he came very close to winning this match. Like, on a couple of occasions, I was like, is Sammy going to win? Like, oh, my God, these are some really close near falls. Really, really good stuff back and forth. There's like the full setup for Balor doing his like uh, coup de gras and was gonna go off and then like missed. And I was like, Sammy's winning. Balor's just done the whole setup for the coup de gras and he's missed. Like, Sammy's obviously gonna win. Got like a deep roll up pin on him. And I was like, that's gonna be it, right? And no, it was a, it was a near fall kick out, really close near fall kick out. Went back and forth, like loads of like exploders, blue thunder bombs. There was like an illegal pin from Sammy that got spied. He like dodged a halluva kick. Baladin like did like the full setup again, like multiple shotgun drop kicks, hit the coup de gras, and then uh, yeah, managed to get the win in the end. Really fun match. Had me, had me going back and forth for a while. It was good.
Very much so. You know, it felt like every once in a while you get a, a couple of guys that were in like the old era of NXT and they mm-hmm. have a match like this where it could have been on NXT like five, six years ago. And I'm just like, yeah. oh, I remember those days, you know, because sometimes they, they get put on the main roster and then you just kind of the NXT shine wears off over time, you know, but then every once in a while we still get a great match like this and it brings it back, brings it back to, to the good old days. And I like that. I like that a lot. I did not think that Sami Zayn was going to win because I don't foresee him going to Saudi Arabia anytime soon. But that being said, in in the moments where I was like, oh my, that's that's a deep pin. You know, yeah, like it tricks right? you every yeah. once in a while. And that's how you know that moments like that are really good. You know, if even if you know that someone's winning or losing, if they can still make you doubt for like one one quick second, they're doing the job. This is a fun match. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's some really good matches in the past. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but there's some really good matches. When you go back in the past, you already know who's winning at the end of it, and you go back and you still buy into the near falls. It's like, yeah. that's that's real good. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is what it was like as me. It's like, obviously, I know Finn's going to win, but there was a couple of times I was like, but yeah. is he though? Like, you know, it was it was one of those moments. Um, we got a Paul Heyman video package next. Uh, which I thought was actually pretty good. You know, there, there was a lot of recapping in the video package, as WWE tends to do. But what I liked about this was it took all the bits specifically about Paul Heyman and about his allegiance with Brock Lesnar, showed like massive highlights of him being Brock Lesnar's advocate, Brock Lesnar's return at SummerSlam, and all like the bits of the subtle storytelling that they've been doing with Paul Heyman, with his allegiance with Reigns and his allegiance with Lesnar and whose side he's really on. And they played with those subtle bits and kind of stitched them all together into this video package, which I think is exactly something that you should do because subtle storytelling is fantastic if it builds to a climax, but you do need to make that subtleness more overt the closer you get to that climax. Precisely, yes. And I think this did that perfectly. It was playing on that that subtle, um, those subtle nods that they've been doing throughout this feud put them all together in this video package, which highlighted all everything greatly, which then paid off in the main event segment in the contract signing and is going to build really nicely into Crown Jewel. Again, I think this is a really, really decently told story that they've been doing. Uh, and I thought this was a, a great little video package highlighting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Every, uh, not every moment of the Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, Paul Heyman story has been like perfectly smooth. But the story that they're telling, the overall story itself, is still one I'm invested in. I'm still interested to see what happens at Crown Jewel with Roman and Paul and Brock. You know, I, whether I watch the show live, I don't, I don't know. I'm not worried about that yet. But this part of the story has hooked me. I am very intrigued in seeing how this plays out. And it builds more into the match that we're getting than... Some of the other things that we've seen where when Roman's involved with the Usos and Paul Heyman in the past, it's because he's wrestling someone like Finn Balor, Rey Mysterio, or Cesaro at the pay-per-view, and the focus isn't put on the opponent. Here, the focus is put onto the opponent and how how Brock and Paul all are going to interact with all of this. I like it. I think this is a good way to build up a pretty big match. Just a shame it's in Saudi, really. Mm-hmm. Uh- we then had Naomi versus Sonya Deville, but not really. Shocker. Um, Naomi had an in-ring return here, as did Sonya Deville. Uh, but they had a little close-up of Sonya Deville's face in Gorilla, but it was just her face. And I was like, well, she's in her suit, isn't she? And they yep. came up for that break. And yeah, she was. 
Um, but she came out and uh, she's not an authority thing, I remember, but she made it a handicap match with her and Shayna Baszler against Naomi. This was a very short match. Uh, they took control. Naomi had a bit of a hope spot, but Shayna Baszler came back, did the Kirifuda clutch, basically made her pass out, but didn't make her pass out, I guess. And then Sonyville put a foot on Naomi and pinned her. One, two, three. Sonya Deville wins. I was confused as to why Shayna Baszler would want to join forces with Sonya Deville because they, especially in the last few weeks, they've been kind of been positioning Baszler as a bit of like the lone wolf character. Like she's totally by herself. Now she's got rid of Nia Jax. She's just going to come out and murder some people because that's what she do. So I was a bit confused about the allegiance with Sonya Deville, but if they explain it, I'm all for it. Uh, this was okay. It's just that Sonya Deville's still getting the one up on Naomi, and you need Naomi to actually win at some point. Yeah. False advertising. <laughs> I don't like false yeah, advertising. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah, it's, it's whatever. I just haven't been into this feud very much. You know, I think it's mm. it's just so odd that they've just decided that Naomi sucks and <laughs> Sonya hates her for yeah. no reason. It's not like she spilled Sonya Deville's coffee on her first night back at SmackDown and she's got a vendetta against her. No, she's just got a vendetta against her, and we've yet to find out why. And if I had faith that they would tell us why, then I would kind of be like, all right, let's see. I don't think we're going to get a reason why. I think she just hates her. And that's probably why I'm not super into it, you know? But, like, the action was fine. I wasn't a huge fan of Naomi, like, going after Sonya. And Shayna's like, no, no, you got to fight me. And then Naomi hits, like, a kick and takes Shayna out. I thought if this was going to work, it should have been, like, Shayna killing Naomi, you know, from the get-go. You could still get a hope spot in and everything, but... I don't know. I didn't think Shayna looked as strong as I would have booked this. But what can you do? This yep. was one of the lower points on the show, in my opinion, but not, not as lowest. bad as other things. Yeah, Not the lowest. That's coming later. Um, Michael Cole on commentary after the match said, I still don't understand what Sonya has against Naomi. I was like, ha, me too, Michael Cole. Mm -hmm. Me too. Uh, sure. Uh, hit row coming soon. Oh. oh boy. Tempest, they're his, coming soon. His name was just Swerve on the graphic. Yeah. I don't think he's got a full name anymore. Uh, it's all good. It's fine. Don't worry. They're not dead yet. They're not dead yet. Still good. Be it's hopeful. still good. I'm running. I'm watching the pig fly in the Simpsons. Yeah. Like it's just a little slimy. It's still good. It's still good. It's just uh, a little airborne. It's, it's still good. It's still it's good. So yeah, uh, Banks had we'll a win. I love Hit Row so much. I don't want I them. To, I don't want I anything bad to happen to them. I know. Banks cut a promo saying she's going to beat back, uh, Becky later. We then got a full rundown of the Crown Jewel card, but not Mansoor versus Ali. You see, Ali was upset about that. He tweeted about it to be like, just so you guys know, me versus Mansoor is still happening on the show despite it not being promoted on SmackDown at all. Poor Ali. <laughs> Poor Ali, he's been screwed over so many times, so many times in WWE. Like, Brock Lesnar winning Money in the Bank. Ali was going to win that match, and he was told, as people were entering for that match, 
he gets pulled aside to be like, JK, Brock Lesnar's winning. Like, oh, how rough. Retribution, the SmackDown hacker, all of that stuff. Him saying that they were going to have their feud pay off. And all Retribution breakup thing is going to pay off at WrestleMania and then happened on the Fastlane pre-show. I, man, that guy's been screwed over so much in WWE. He's so talented. So talented. He's so good. Like, he had a match with Ricochet on main event where I was like, I saw the highlights. I was like, Jesus Christ. You can't put this on Raw and, like, give people something to be excited about? They're so good. What's happening? He's someone that I don't just wish people would leave WWE because I, you don't know their circumstances. Maybe they just, hmm. they're happy to make their money, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I want to see Ali in a position that reflects his talents, whether that yeah. be in this company or otherwise, because he is bloody great. He is he great. Is I want to see him succeed. Seth Rollins cut a rebuttal promo to Edge, came out to the ring and said that he's not afraid or intimidated to face Edge inside Hell in a Cell and repeated that point. And because he's a heel, that means he is afraid and intimidated to face Edge inside Hell in a Cell. I really like that. It's just him being like trying to mask his own fears because we saw him sell it last week on last week's SmackDown that he is scared of Hell in a Cell, as he should be. That's sort of the point. But he also said what I thought was a pretty good promo and him saying at the end that the set he's been in the, in the cell for more time than Edge has. The cell, the cell has shaped him into who he is today. He is who he is because of Hell in a Cell. And I was like, that's actually kind of true because mm -hmm. he, started, he started turning heel because of hell in a cell 2019 like that's that's actually kind of accurate and i really like that as like a a kayfabe reason of him just being like oh the cell's destructive and it changes people and also from like a little wink and a nod kind of thing at the camera being like uh do you remember hell in a cell 2019 that's when i turned heel like, mm -hmm. I, I really liked it. it was good even if that wasn't intentional that's a nice little nod i think it's good. No, I, I quite like that. Honestly, it mm -hmm. made the promo for me because yeah. so often people will say stuff like that. And I was like, well, that's not true. That match had nothing to do with your character motivation and everything. But this is one of the times where it's pretty true. You know, he can go out there and believably say, I am who I am because that cell destroyed me. And you look back at the timeline of everything and that match did kill him as a baby face. He was forced to turn heel because of the reaction that he was getting after that. So I just like when people tell the truth. They always say in wrestling, if you tell truth one, two, and three, when you lie on number four, people will be more inclined to believe you. So the more truth that you can put into matches and promos like this, the better. And this was a perfect example of that. I thought it was a really good promo. It was great. Edge and Rollins, I think, combined across the two promos, really helped elevate their match coming at Crown Jewel. It's just in Saudi, isn't it? Yeah, so, it know, sure is. I still won't be watching, uh, but you know, they're, they're doing their best. Uh, we've got a recap of the Queen's Crown tournament matches. Uh, Carmella and Zelina Vega are best friends backstage, saying that they, they want to have a good, clean, fun, friendly match. Uh, so then when they do actually wrestle, Carmella doesn't need the mask for this match. She says to the people, I don't need it. It's fine. I'm going to wrestle without the mask, uh, which then leads to after like a minute or so of the match, she goes outside to get the mask again because she's like, oh, actually, I do need the mask now because Selena Vegas mean or whatever. Uh, but uh, Liv Morgan is there with the mask to be like, I've got your mask. And Camilla goes, oh, no. And then she gets back in the ring 
and then gets rolled up by Zelina Vega, and Zelina Vega wins and goes to the finals. I think this would have been a moderately fine match mm-hmm. if it wasn't in the tournament. Like, if you want to do a yes. dumb, quick heel versus heel match with this stupid face mask gimmick and have Liv Morgan play into the finish, I think that's fine. This should not be the semifinals of your inaugural tournament. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my goodness, this tournament has just sucked. This tournament has been appalling. and Not great, is it? No, that, that part's the shame of it. Like, I wanted the Queen's Crown tournament to be like, you could have so many cool matches in this tournament, give all the matches time. And I don't think booking it at the same time as the King of the Ring helps that because there's just so much more going on. But man, if like Bianca Belair and like the four horsewomen that are around were all involved in this tournament and all the matches were like 15 minutes, this would have been so cool. But instead, we're getting matches like this and it's just like, blah. So, yeah. And, you know, in terms of like a story, at least there was one. I'm glad they did the promo beforehand to explain why Carmella didn't want the mask in the match. So that was good. It's not like she just came out and was just like, I don't want it this time. It's like, why? Like, I don't know. At least they actually somewhat explained it beforehand and tried in that regard. So that's a, it's a small plus, but I'm taking those pluses where I can. Uh, so yeah, uh, it was not great. Also, pet peeve of WWE commentary of the many pet peeves I have with WWE commentary, can commentators please stop saying, oh, I don't think they got all of it. <laughs> stop calling out when stuff goes wrong. Oh, oh my God. Like, there's a difference between if something like goes completely awry and, you know, they have to like redo a spot or whatever, you can't just be like, oh, I think they, they hit him in the head. Like, when they clearly didn't, that's why they're redoing the, the thing, right? But if you do something like what was it that there was a thing where i think Sami Zayn jumped off the turnbuckle and finn balor hit a drop kick in the air and i don't think it was the cleanest looking spot in the world but like it was effective like he hit him in the body somewhere and it, it still connected it was fine and they're like oh don't think you got all of it and then it was just like did, did he get enough let's find out on the replay and it was just like just say he kicked him because he did yeah. And it's like, oh, ca- caught him in the ribs or you know wherever he actually him. It was like he might have been aiming for the head but he caught him in the ribs and how how you like how the like that can still play into it and how the ribs can be affected by uh, caught him by surprise at being kicked in ribs maybe he was expecting to be kicked in the face or you know there's so many ways to cover it and they just go "Ah, i didn't get all of it like just stop doing that (laughs) calling out when stuff goes wrong stop doing it i don't know that winds me up but anyway that's pet peeve i'm allowed him i promise um Uh, also through the night, I've written those a few. We got uh, various little video packages for various people that are coming to SmackDown after Crown Jewel, like Charlotte Flair, New Day, Sheamus, uh, Drew McIntyre. They all got little vid- uh, highlight video packages of them being like, they're coming to SmackDown. Thought that was cool. Putting over the new guys coming to SmackDown. Good stuff. Uh, and then we got Happy Talk. Well, I'm back to hating Baron Corbin. Yeah, it you wasn't know, long that we liked him, but now we're back to where we were before. Bum-ass Baron Corbin was an actual fun character, and now yeah. we're just back to generic, stupid heel Baron Corbin. But he's got a geek friend now. I, I just... Everything, <laughs> everything about this segment was just awful. Like, the setup... Happy Talk was bad, 
Madcap Moss is bad. Corbin wasn't good. They then... He wanted to do more jokes about the rest of the SmackDown roster. Please don't do that. Then they get interrupted by Boogs. The lights flicker when Boogs comes... Why? Does Boogs have powers now? Can he Maybe. make the lights flicker? Magic because he's guitar. Boogs? Magic he's guitar. got the guitar right. from the end of the SpongeBob movie. <laughs> exactly. I'm a goofy goober! Rock! Um, anyway. Um, he comes out and says he, he's rocking with Shinsuke Nakamura. And then they come out and I was like, okay, so this is going to lead to some sort of promo thing. And then I wrote my notes like, okay, Corbin is winning the IC title from Nakamura. Sure, whatever, I'm over it. I've, I'm, I've, long, I've long lost hope of Nakamura being used well in WWE. This doesn't anger me as much as it should. And then <laughs> they, they, they didn't have a promo. <laughs> Nakamura came out and then they danced around the ring. And then they left. <laughs> what you doing? Why'd you come out? What you? They just did the entrance. WWE loves entrances so much that they think people will get over if you just do the entrance. Shinsuke did this at friggin' SummerSlam as well. Yeah. Just did the I entrance. I forgot about that. Yeah, you're didn't right. Didn't do anything. He's just come out, did the entrance around the ring, and then left again. And I was like, wait, what? Why is there not? There's no interaction. Huh? Are they going to mm -hmm. build a feud off that? Oh, none of this was good. Mm -mm. Yeah, remember when we were so ready for Shinsuke Nakamura and Baron Corbin to be done with each other? Now, granted, <laughs> I think, you know, they're going to separate shows, right? Sure. Nakamura and Boogs are going to Raw. That's right, isn't it? it? I don't know. Stupid no, draft. I no, I don't think are so. They, I think they're they're still, all they're on SmackDown. Yeah, because oh Priest, is, Priest is still on Raw, right? Yeah. I can't watch this feud happen again, Pete. <laughs> it feels like it just ended. Like it just <sighs> ended. Oh my god. That's a nightmare. I've just ruined my own day. Uh-huh. Yeah, this segment yeah, sucked. Yeah, yeah. This was this yeah. was not happy talk. No, it really wasn't. Uh also pet peeve. I, give me it. Give me it for this segment. The graphics that pop up on the screen when people are making the entrances uh, the little side sidebar graphic sure thing. no intangibles one out Cor of ten yeah corbin's thing <sighs> overcame his destitution by winning a large <laughs> sum of money in las vegas who <laughs> <laughs> talks like that oh, can't, I'm, glad, can't. I'm glad i've got you to pay attention to this kind of stuff so that i don't i don't have to <laughs> Senna did I said okay Shinsuke I'm reading my notes here Shinsuke interrupts with Boogs Corbin is going to win the IT title isn't he Pat McAfee is funny wait that's it he doesn't get in the ring he just goes around it what the F is this Street Profits enter and Boogs plays the guitar to their theme I don't understand WWE those are my notes for this segment. all right Let's 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 get on to the good tag match. Yeah, Zen, ready to be happy. Street, Street Profits entered, and you know what? Boog's playing the guitar for Street Profits entrance theme. I was like, "That's cool. That's nice. Uh, sounds cool." Anyway, we got a little video package for the new day, and then we got the Street Profits versus the Usos for the SmackDown Tag Team Titles in a street fight. Did I miss the setup for this match somewhere? I Wait, was about to say. Where did this come from? Yeah. <laughs> 
Like, I get this is just kind of what they pull out when they've got a yeah. big SmackDown show. It's like, ah, oh, tag title match. And recently, yeah. it's tag title match with these two teams. But it was just like, they pulled out a table, and I was like, can, you can't use a table in, in, a, in a match. And then they had kendo sticks after the break. I was like, like this is match. This match is just a street fight. It's I missed that fight. part. Yeah. Why is it a street fight? But okay. right, it was a fun street fight. It was fight. fun. Yeah. You know what? Superficial, bonkers, nonsense didn't make any sense. It was so much fun. I loved yeah. this match. I thought this was awesome. Um, they, they, yeah, the, the, oh my god, the kendo stick shots looked especially rough in this one. Like Dawkins was kneeling in the ring. Jay also gets the kendo stick and was like lining up, like proper, like baseball swing, like, like taking his time and then just literally just leathered straight into it, just bang, like straight into his back. I was like, oh, I feel so bad for Dawkins. Mm. Um, but they got him back afterwards. It was good. Loads of kendo stick shots in this match. Uh, Montez Ford got put through a table towards the end, like a Uranaga through the table, which is really good. And uh, and then, yeah, they, they left Dawkins alone in the ring. Super kicks, double splash. Usos retain. Really fun match, though. Really, really mm-hmm. good stuff. Like, you know, I, we me and Ollie were saying it for, like, the Raw after Extreme Wars when I was covering that with him. If it's superficial, bonkers nonsense that's fun, fine. Yeah. That's an improvement. That's fine. Just give me stuff that's fun. And this was really fun. Just do more of this. That's fine. Absolutely. There's some really great near falls in this match, too. Mm, like, there yeah. were finishers getting hit, and some finish was being kicked out of. And they, uh, Montez Ford hit his giant frog splash. And I was like, are they going to win the tag titles? And mm-hmm. they pulled him out of the ring and stuff. And they got me a few times where I was like, this is just a really fun match. It's a fun match that I'm interested in. And there's a good near falls and good action. And a lot of fun weapon shots and weapon spots, and they kick the chair into people's faces and stuff like that. I just liked it. This is really fun. Good stuff. Yeah. Good job, SmackDown. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Becky then had a backstage promo saying that greatness is being undefeated in singles competition in nearly three years. My next line of my notes was, "She's going to lose, isn't she?" <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, and we got a little Charlotte Flair video package and then we went into the special extra half hour ad free and we got uh becky lynch versus sasha banks ad free and you know what this match ruled was really really good match uh i thought these two obviously have great chemistry so much like history like playing off together and stuff like that uh i thought these two absolutely brought it really cool like uh sequences back and forth loads of interesting counters back and forth really proving why they're two of the top women in wwe really really great match finish wasn't good Mm -hmm. which i was not a fan of bianca Belair was on commentary as is the way with this feud so far uh bianca then got involved because she got punched so she came back becky was getting away from the bank statement and she crawled like through the bottom rope and was holding on to the steps and then bianca came in and went to like whip Becky's hand that was on the steps but she moved it but the commentary sold it like Bianca had hit Becky with the hair but Becky didn't sell it like she'd hit her with the hair but Bianca did so then Becky was like you didn't hit me but that was close and then she gets hit with a backstabber and then Sasha Banks pins her boo yeah um uh, not a huge fan of that it was just a little bit confusing uh and also becky lost which was that's not a decision 
Yeah, that's, that's a decision. decision. And the thing is, you know, the alternative is is either Sasha gets pinned, or it's a schmoz finish, and they've done a schmoz finish for every other women's match in this feud. None of them are great options, which is why you don't really book the match. That's what no. I was going to say, Pete. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The option yeah. is you just don't book the match because yeah. you don't have to. You put Becky Lynch up against Zelina Vega and she has a good match and she wins. And then you put Sasha Banks on this show against Liv Morgan and she has a good match and she wins. And then you put Bianca Belair against Carmella and she has a good match and she wins. That's all you need to do. You don't need to have the champion losing as they go into the title match. Like, this match was really good. And it's interesting because Sasha and Becky don't have as much history together as some of the other combinations of four horsewomen. You know, like, they had the one NXT match. They had their Hell in a Cell match. But otherwise, they didn't really do a whole lot in between there. This match should have been, like, on a really big pay-per-view or something, Mm -hmm. you know? Maybe Sasha ends up a SmackDown Women's Champion, and then they can do the Survivor Series match or something. I don't know. You do you do a big match at a big pay-per-view between these two, and you don't need to give away the Becky Lynch first singles loss in however much time for free in a distraction mm-hmm. finish. Like, that's the kind of thing that should be really built up to the same way that they had charlotte flair lose her pay-per-view winning streak on like a dq finish or a distraction finish to bailey at fast lane before wrestlemania (laughs) when you happen upon things like this when you've booked someone well by accident you leave them alone and build that to something big you know ah it's whatever it was a good match thankfully there was a lot of really good wrestling on this show which which does help a lot in my enjoyment of it, but man, the finish was bad too. Mm. Like it wasn't even just like, Oh, she lost or, Oh, it was a distraction finish. It was a bad distraction finish. Mm. It's like, eh. Not, not ideal, but you take your yeah. wins where you can get it. And it was a good match. And it was a good match. And we, we, we appreciate good in ring wrestling. And this was good in ring wrestling for the finish, but mm-hmm. no time to think about that. Everybody get, out the ring now here's adam pierce everybody get out get out we need to have the seven hour roman reigns entrance get out get out now it was abrasive how quickly mm-hmm. he was telling all the women to get out the ring and they brought in the table for the contract signing for reigns and lesnar and reigns came out and did his normal very very long entrance ad free this time in this one surely you could have had him walk out quicker had <laughs> either more time in the match or more time for them to like breathe after the match and actually say get out of the way get out of the what way happened? we need Roman to spend seven minutes walking yeah yeah wow. that was whew, uh that was a choice whatever but this contract signing aside from the length of the entrances was really good they didn't it. do an overly long 15-minute promo back and forth or anything like that. This was... They came out, they did the story beat they wanted to do, and that was it. Perfect. That is all you needed from this segment. Just cut the entrances down, guys. Come on. Um, But Reigns came out. He handed Heyman the contract. Heyman looked over the contract and said, yeah, it's all good. This is exactly what you wanted. Roman, sign it. 
Perfect. Hands it to Lesnar. Lesnar doesn't even look at it. Signs his name. Hands it off. And Reigns like, <laughs> you idiot. You're just going to sign the contract and not even read it. And he's like, oh, it's fine. I read it earlier this morning with my advocate, Paul Heyman. I was like, <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> it's Proper, so simple. Like... It's so yeah. simple. I love yeah. it. Oh, it was oh, great. Oh, it was great. Yeah, so, so good. And I thought Reigns' sell of this in particular was amazing. Like, Heyman's obviously great, and we've, we've mentioned that before. But Reigns in particular goes from, like, the stomach, like, huh, idiot. Then as soon as he says it, his eyes are, like, scanning to, like, piece together what's happened. He's like, wait, did I, huh? What's going on? Did I get put into a trap? What's happening with Lester and Heyman? I don't understand. Properly, like, selling the, the gravitas of, like, what's Heyman done to me kind of thing. Whose side is Heyman on? Uh, yeah. is the question, and I think it was good. I thought this was somewhat undermined by them then doing a full recap of the Crown Jewel card coming on Thursday. I would have preferred it that they just had this moment and then end the show, but mm -hmm. that's a minor point. The the build has been really good for this, and I think the intrigue of where Heyman is going to go is actually quite interesting. I think, personally, if I had to put money on it, I think that Heyman is going to turn on Lesnar and Reigns will retain. That would be my 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 bet. I would agree. I think mm. Roman's going to have this title a good while longer, and he's going to do it with Paul by his side. Mm. I mean, I I do I do I I do indeed believe that. I I thought I was ready to go into this and just hate this segment, you know, mm. just because we've had so many freaking contract signings of late. Like, there's one on <laughs> yeah, every man. show. It feels like so. I'm kind of kind of just over it. But then when it was short and very effective, I was like, all right, you did a good one. You did a good one. Good job. Yep. You know, I don't want these things well, to be needed. super long. I just want you to get to the point. And they got to the point in this match quick. Mm. Like that. Good stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I will say, normally, one of the most common things we talk about on these SmackDown reviews is as a go-home episode, this episode wasn't very good because it didn't make me excited for the pay-per-view that's coming up. <laughs> It's just a shame that it's Crown Jewel, right? Because sure this, <laughs> which I thought was a good go-home episode, yeah. they really built the pay-per-view very well. They made the matches more exciting. They were capping off and like putting the final touches on a lot of their stories going in. Like The build to the show has been very good overall. It's just that it's in Saudi. Yeah. And it's just that that's just the, the asterisk that they can't get past for this, for me anyway. Like a, Even if I, I'm going to be on my own holiday for these next two weeks, so I won't be watching the show. But even if I wasn't, Granted, I'd probably be doing live reactions because, you know, champion. But if I wasn't doing live reactions and I was still around, I still wouldn't watch the show because it's a Saudi show and I, I just don't watch the Saudi shows. But, man, it's a shame because it's a really good, it's a stacked card and they have built it well on the SmackDown side. It just, it's a Saudi show, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame because I agree they did a really good job with this uh, this go home show, but it's for a mm. pay per view I don't want to watch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I honestly I would say this show was like maybe a four out of five. You I take out the lousy point. the lousy women's matches and the happy Corbin bit. You take that out. There's a lot of stuff on this on this show in particular that was like really good. The two promos. Edge and Seth, the main event deal, Sasha and Becky was good. You had Sammy and Finn. They had the Street Profits match. That's a lot more than we typically get on a good SmackDown. So 
I'd say this is probably a four out of five. Yeah, I also gave it a four out of five. I thought it was a very good show. Uh, according to the uh, community tab poll that we ran, uh, a lot of people still voted for mostly the same things. 55% of people voting for a three out of five show, slightly higher on the fours, like 16% rather than like a, a 10% than it normally is. Uh, still very much majority of a three out of five. I personally think that's a little bit harsh. I thought there's a, a lot of things to enjoy on this show. Um, definitely, I would have said in the four range, just because the quality of wrestling on the show was so much higher than normal. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of stuff got time to shine and really went over well. So I would have put it at a four personally, but can see if someone didn't didn't wasn't to their taste and they put it as a three. Um, but yeah, four out of five uh, SmackDown, four out of mm, five out of five Rampage, just because that match was so freaking good that just elevated the whole rest of the show uh yeah don't brandon don't call me out i was tired and i've been very busy and stressed this morning i was very behind schedule i thought four <laughs> out of five four out of five option was smackdowner and the two out of five option was smackdowner mm. whoops you're a smackdowner whoa you can't say that hey you can't call me shoot. out like that dude um, shoot cowboy says <laughs> I said for the for the super size SmackDown, was it worth the extra 30 minutes? Probably not. But overall, though, if they're giving matches more time, they still had so much filler that could have been cut out yeah. to make it a two-hour show. But if they're gonna give matches more time with that, cool. You know, yeah, that's what I want at the end of the day. It's so. weird, isn't it? Like mm. it allows them to have longer matches, but you could just do that anyway. You could. Because the other thing on this show was like we there was probably about a half hour worth of video packages on this show. Mm -hmm. You just don't need that many. You could trim these down. Most AEW video packages are like 20 seconds on TV. You mm -hmm. know, just a quick little thing. Here's what you need to know. Here are the people involved and go. That's all you need. And this has a bit too much. And then you got Roman Reigns doing an entrance for a half hour on its own. Yeah, exactly. Which um, is hyperbole before people give me a hard time. <laughs> but overall, though, a good night of wrestling. I think. Yes, absolutely. For AEW and WWE, a good night of wrestling. Successful Friday night. Yay for competition, right? Well good done, all. Well done, everybody. Let's get into the rest of your... Nope, let's say thank you to some very special people. Uh, those are our $25 and above pledge hammers on our Patreon page. Sorry, we've gone a little bit long today again. There was a lot of wrestling to cover. Um, but uh, if you haven't been to our Patreon page yet, you should. Lots of really cool bonus content, loads of cool stuff over there. Uh, go check it all out. But uh, if you pledge at the $25 above or above tiers, you get your own custom wrestling nickname and it gets read out on a show much like this one. So thank you to Yanni Zane Hamid. Woo! Thank you. Jonathan the Headmaster Headman. Yes, thank you. My Immortal is my favorite song, Mashy. Yeah. Thank you. The Shrock Master, Austin Shrock. Yes, thank you. The Big Bad Dog, Ryan Hansen. Yes, thank you. The Craftsman, Blake Carpenter. Yeah. Lovely, thank you very much. Peter Fiber Brantuas. Yes, yeah. thank you. Dot, dot, dot. Dive, Dylan Cachetta. Yeah. Yes, thank you. 
Living in the past, Kieran Pryor. Yeah. Thank you very much. I'm so glad you got this one. Yeah. Viernes el décimo tercero, Jason Gutierrez. Yeah. You're getting better at that, man. That's great. Love it. The Emperor's New Groove, Nick Lama. Woo. I like that one. Thank you. Yeah. And the Machine Gun, Alex Anderson. Yeah. Thank you very much. The Machine Gun, Carl Anderson. Oh, I've been listening to the Bullet Club theme a lot. Like that. <laughs> it's, it's good, isn't it? Uh, let's get into the rest of your ultra chats here. Last chance to get those in at wrestletalk.com forward slash support. The intangible one, Cliff Beard, uh, says, uh, been feeling sick for the last few days, so didn't get to watch SmackDown, but Rampage humped. Put Suzuki in the world put Suzuki in the world title eliminator. It also feels like he's following in Kojima's footsteps by doing a USA tour. Who could you see being the next one to do it? Uh... Who do I want to see be the next person to do it? Or who do I see being the next person to do it? Because I think yeah. those are two different answers. It's tough with everyone in the G1 right now. True. Honestly, if, if you could get Jay White doing more big matches, I would love that. Mm-hmm. I'd yep. love that. I, I would love to see Jay White. I'd love to see Ishii. You know what? I would love for them to do, like, space them out oh. over the course of, like, months at a time kind of thing months gap between them but do like ishii and then like build it up to then you do like tanahashi okada mm-hmm. and like jay white and then you do kota Ibushi, and that's mm-hmm. the big combination you finally have like a kota Ibushi kenny omega thing happen with that yeah Ooh, just bringing people it. in to do some matches there you Ooh, go Zack Sabre Jr. yes get zsj versus brian danielson yes. I, I will melt oh. I will be oh. inconsolable. God, I would need to record my live reaction to that match because I think I might squirm and squeal yeah. too much. But yeah, that would be a, a good time. Uh, I have gone away from the oh shit, say there. Sixty nine intangible Sadie Deegan. Hello, says uh, hey boys. So that Brian Danielson versus Minoru Suzuki match kind of ruled her. The whole show was just, and then the ultra chat ends. Thank you, Sadie. <laughs> <laughs> it did uh, kind of rule. It did yeah. kind of rule. You're right. Uh, the Adnap 2 says, imagine back in January, you were told that Brian would wrestle Suzuki in AEW in front of a full capacity crowd on YouTube. Also, is this step one on the path to Brian versus Zack Sabre Jr.? Yes. I hope I so. I want and it, yes, I, I very often now I say to myself, like, look at this picture. Look at this Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega. Or a few months ago, it was when John Moxley, Sting, and Eddie Kingston were just taking a picture mm. in the ring. I was like, my brain would have melted if you showed me this like two years ago. Yeah, dude. Like even as even as as soon ago, six months ago, WrestleMania, Daniel yeah. Bryan was in the main event. Yeah, because <laughs> Roman Reigns and Edge, and now he's facing Minoru Suzuki in AEW on YouTube on a Rampage buy-in. What's wild. happening? What's Absolutely happening in wild. wrestling? Uh, Jack Nichols says, uh, seriously though, one of the best matches of the year was on a pre-show to a B-show. Mad. Also, I promised I'd give a huge donation to Pete one Quizzlemania, but he didn't, so I skimmed a cent off. Thank you so much, Jack Nichols. Really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. We don't need to talk about you. No, we don't need to talk about it. We don't need to talk about Quizzlemania. I don't know what we're talking about. Quizzlemania 41 didn't happen. What are you talking about? 
Mm-hmm. Never existed. The legit underboss says, uh, who do you think Danielson should face next? And also, happy belated Thanksgiving, Tempest. Thank you. Canadian Thanksgiving. Proper. Mm. Oh, man. Literally everyone. I, if he wants to go the CM Punk route and, like, wrestle the, the, the underneath guys, I want to see him face Lee Moriarty. Like, if they, if they switched opponents and had him face Lee Moriarty, I would love that. Absolutely love that. You know, have him face Daniel Garcia. Oh, matches would be so good. Brian Dennison versus Adam Cole, please. Um, yeah, I know. I know we saw it in WWE, but we didn't see it in WWE. I want, I, I want that match in AEW, please. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure we'll get it. I just, I'm sure we'll I just, get it. I, I just, Adam Cole is my favorite wrestler right now. Okay, I just, I, I just love Adam Cole. Um, Hannah Allen says. Proper pot for Ruby and Jericho. The crowd did the work. Printing gold, old settings include Samoa Joe, but why isn't he there yet? I think he's got a pretty decent uh, role in uh, WWE right now in terms of like talent, scouting, and stuff like that. So I think he's pretty set in WWE. Yee. Indeed, indeed, indeed. It's a shame. I'd love to see him wrestle Kenny Omega and stuff, but it doesn't appear like that's in the cards at the moment. So I mean. Never say never, but it seems unlikely at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter Mullen says, I'm so happy that Junior DeSantos has a safer place to work. He has done it in the UFC. Dana White was begging him to retire after his fourth consecutive bad knockout this year. I'd love to see AEW giving guys a second chance to entertain people in a safer way. That's good. Right I on. Agree. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Shout out to Junior DeSantos. He looked like he was having fun last night. Yeah. Uh, Laxmi, who's got their, their member chat, said, one of my favorite spots in Punk Sidal was how Sidal dodged the Pepsi plunge and responded with a kick to the head. That was the Pepsi twist, sir. Pepsi twist. The Pepsi, Pepsi plunge, plunge we have not seen different. yet. Very different. That needs to be brought out with full gear or some big pay-per-view match for Punk, yeah. for sure. Uh, Jack Nichols says, I love, love, love AEW. I got a message from my friend, the Cambridge great Peter Nixon this morning, who told me to drop everything and watch Suzuki versus Danielson. I jumped out of bed and was in awe of the entire spectacle, watching the rest tonight. Oh, it's a good time. Well, it sure is. You've, you've already seen the best part, I would imagine. But mm, yeah. Oh, that match uh, is so good. Laxmi says, uh, this may sound a bit WWE, but I want to see an angle where Paige wins the title with Dark Order holding off the rest of the Elite. Later, with the Bucks down, Cole sneaks in and kicks Omega's head off, going, did you really think all was forgiven? Um, I don't know when it's going to happen. I'm very much looking forward to the Adam Cole turn on the Elite, because it'll happen at some point. There's going to be some <laughs> turn with Adam Cole, and we're going to get Cole and Omega, and it's going to be great. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I'm looking forward to seeing it. I get the feeling that it might be I, I don't know how I'd feel about it because I feel like I want to see Cole turn on the elite, but I feel like we might see the elite kick Kenny out, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So it could see that like, too, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I don't know how I feel about that because I don't want Omega to go back face again because I think he's he's still got so much legs in his heel character right now. Um, but maybe if he goes face and just becomes best bout machine Kenny and just does really awesome matches all the time, maybe that would be fine. Maybe maybe we can have the best wrestler in the world do great wrestling. I don't know. And it'll be okay. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Matthew Robinson says, it is crazy how you can watch both of these shows, and besides the Roman Reigns story, the rest seems so 180 from each other. That's how I've gotten a friend to watch AEW. All he's told me is he wants to watch more wrestling, and I told him to watch AEW now. I mean, in general, yes, I'd agree with you. Yeah. 
I agree with you. And it's always good to get more people into wrestling. That's a good time. Uh, S Morgan or Smorgan. Uh, it says, which one do you think would be the best rename for Adam Cole? Budge or Fluff Flanagan or Stretch Blur? No, no, no. Muff Flanagan. The boom. What did I say? You said Fluff Flanagan. Oh, I was... Re- <laughs> these, I, these, are all, these are all being the elite Muff jokes. Flanagan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all but about the it boobs. The boom. Yeah. No, no, no. It's all about the boobs. <laughs> You're John Silver. You should know this. I, that's true, yeah. Uh, Anonymous <laughs> says, uh, honestly, I wish Rampage viewership to go down just because I can see SmackDown moving to three hours if Rampage viewers goes down. Wait, so you, you want to see that? That's I, a terrible I idea. Viewership... I wish Rampage viewership to go down just because I can see SmackDown moving to three hours if Rampage viewers go down. So you want three hours of SmackDown, right? You're a psychopath. This is why you're anonymous. You're crazy. Yeah. Uh, you're crazy. I, I, I don't want another hour of Rampage. I don't want another hour of SmackDown. I don't want more, more rest. Too much wrestling. Don't do more. Please don't do mm-hmm. more. Even if it's good wrestling, don't want it. Uh, Hannah Allen says, uh, for what it's worth, I have no idea what's going on in WWE. I watched Rampage and it was brilliant. Does Rampage need to extend the show? Hashtag LIW for life. Uh, I don't want them to. Mm-mm. I don't want more Rampage. I think it works out fine right now. It's it's as it should be. One hour show with good matches. Yeah, That's all I want. Matthew Robinson says, uh, I do think WWE did pick the right stuff to go up against AEW for half an hour. Punk against Seidel may not have been the best match. Also, the last line of Brock getting the best uh, best of Roman after he called him a dumb farmer by uh, by bringing in Paul again. I think, yeah, the last half hour of SmackDown I thought was a good choice. Yeah, it was it was good mm-hmm. good stuff on that last half an hour for sure. Yep, no, I, I agree. SmackDown did a good show this week. You know, if you mm-hmm. watch SmackDown instead of Rampage, it's not like you were an absolute fool and you chose the wrong show. Like, no, this would be a good week where if you watched either one, I'd be like, yeah, you probably saw a good show. Yeah. Matthew Robinson again says, uh, even though I said the AEW match may not have been the best, I'm glad they are not letting WWE affect their show and story building. I agree. They're putting on mm-hmm. stuff to counter program WWE, but they're not allowed to get affect the stuff they have in place, which is good. Indeed. Sticking to their guns. Uh, Laxmi says, uh, on the SmackDown side, the Bala, Sammy, and Sasha uh, and Sasha Becky were pretty good, and IMO Brock is an underrated talker, only more underrated for his selling and for perfectly timing his kickouts. Also, Pete, could Ollie cost you the belt at Crown Jewel? No! I'm sending him my picks. It's going to be my picks that will be coming through his mouth. It's still me that's picking the things. I'm not risking this title because of Ollie. All right? I'm not having my reign which will be, if I retain at Crown Jewel, I will be the longest reigning Jam That Champion of all time. I'm not having that taken away by an incompetent manservant. My picks, not his. Word. So there you go. I can't remember what the rest of the Ultra Chat said. Brock uh, Lesnar yes. is a funny man. And Brock Lesnar is an underrated talker. I think when he has very short promos, if he has like a line or two, I think he's great. Any more than that, and sometimes he can get a bit flustered. But He's yeah. the most unintentionally funny wrestler i've ever seen in my life let's do this <laughs> that's great. the best of the best of the best of the best of the best that this world has to offer i'm the beast and the best <laughs> in the world paul say something stupid <laughs> every word of that promo is co- comedy gold Every single word. Oh, it's so good. I love it. He's a perfect oh, wrestler. He's great. 
leftover from uh, yesterday's WrestleTalk podcast show, Robert Waters said, uh, touching on NXT 2.0, in your opinion, does MSK fit the new vibe or not? They should, but I don't think they do. That uh, Yes, correct answer. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Mr. Kajili says, uh, points for Denise if she gets jam that jam on the show. This is in reference to Denise now doing commentary for Mission Pro Wrestling. Congratulations, Denise, by the way. Uh, points for Denise if she gets jam that jam on the show. Do you have any other things Denise uh, could slip into her commentary and we only know she's doing? And has she asked her <laughs> granddad about that legend yet? Yes, this is uh, Adam and Denise solved a murder on the <laughs> Patreon mailbag. Uh, go to our Patreon. You can listen to that show where they solve a murder uh but they spoke about it i believe on either the podcast intro and, and outro or whatever but it was, it was very funny um other wrestle talk uh the ultra chats last bits keith lloyd says what does tempest know about wrestling he's just one of those hardcore wrestling fans yeah <laughs> how dare i yeah yeah i know you've seen those comments for Roman reigns tempest mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. indeed yeah i can't believe the aew fan base it's all those hardcore fans Ugh. crazy Hard- Oh, Matthew Robinson says, uh, who in WWE do you think would benefit the most with a switch to AEW? Oh, how much time you got? Yeah. Chad Gable. Chad Gable. Ali. Yes. Chad Gable. Mustafa man. Ali. Uh, Freaking all of them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Misha Sumra doing his Memberg chat says, happy birthday, Chopper. Not my birthday. Enjoy your holiday. Hashtag eternal champion. Tempest, you're reeking of awesomeness. Keep bringing the insights. L-I-W. Four, four. All life. Reeking yes, of Austin's damn right. For the benefit of those who flash photography. Uh, Hell yeah. That's, that's good. Uh, that is going to do it for the Ultra Chats. That is going to do it for this supersized Wrestle Talk podcast. See, that we did an extra half an hour on this thing, show yeah. as well. And this one will not be ad free for you watching on Catch Up. <laughs> <laughs> So I uh, I have uh, got an email here, Tempest. And before I read it, I just want to have a little thing. So while, while you are off, a few things have happened. Quizmania uh, 41 happened. We don't need to talk about that. Uh, but more importantly, uh, I have uh, I, I had a little meeting with, with Ollie uh, on, on Thursday. A little one-to-one meeting because we wanted to have it before I go away for these two weeks. Lots of things discussed about the news and the podcast channel and Wrestling Daily and Patreon and all sorts of stuff that we covered in this little meeting. Um, but one of the things that Ollie said, and he was like, so negative P. And I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, yes, I, I am. I do see you quite negative on reviews. You are right, Ollie. Um, but apparently there's been a lot of feedback and people not liking me being negative all the time. So we're going to work on it. Of not being super duper negative. It's more about, it's not just being fake happy either and just putting out po- fake positivity be like, this show was great because I wouldn't believe that. But it's just not putting out the draining negative energy all the time where it's just like, this sucks. This rubbish. I hated all of this <laughs> all the time, basically. Um, so we're, g- we're going to work on that. But having said that, <laughs> <laughs> this email from Nishan says, Dear Lost Enchantables, the Russell Talk. Hey, champs. I know you both have been working hard this past week. This was sent in on, like, Monday, I think. 
So this was in reference to the previous week. I know you both have been working hard this past week, putting in extra hours and covering up for the Ollie Davis, who conveniently went on holiday just when he became Pete's manservant, and Luke, who's conveniently off having a baby. That was in uh, air quotes for podcast listeners. Seems suspicious because the baby's debut was announced on SummerSlam and her main roster debut, uh, debut came way too. I think they're supposed to be late. I think it was supposed to be in there. Whatever. Um, this past week was honestly one of the best weeks of WrestleTalk, content-wise, as LAW are the best, and they have the goal to prove it. I also really like it when y'all rant about stuff like pacing and staging, because that stuff effing matters. Pacing is something that can be fixed if anyone puts even a minute of thought into the program. I'm a guy that gets annoyed by this, and it helps me to know that I'm not alone. Talk about how the promos suck and sound totally unnatural. Please rant about it so I don't have to. Please feel free to rant about more things that piss you guys off. Do an entire hour on bad booking. Do 45 minutes on championship contender matches. And an entire podcast on never-ending feuds and matches that end in a DQ or no contest. I'm here for all of it. Make LIW wrestle talk sour graps. You guys need to cut loose. That's all for today's Stay safe and lots of love. Nishant. Uh, yeah, no, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Management has told me <laughs> I can't do that anymore. Uh, so appreciate it. And I do think that some of my best content comes from when I get a little bit angry, when I get a little bit ranty. But we're, we're just going to connect it down. This doesn't mean no rants anymore. We're just going to condense it into a more dig digestible format. That's all. Yeah. I haven't gotten a talking to yet. <laughs> I'm <just> like, <laughs> nah, this show sucks. This show sucks. I hate it. I am I am the vessel for Pete's negativity. <laughs> I'm just going to be there just politely smiling to be like, mm-hmm, because I can't agree with you. <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, awesome. Uh, let's see. I'm not going to read that one out. Uh, what's, what's this one from? I haven't pre-read this email. Uh-oh, this could end terribly. Uh, one from Juan Gabriel that says, uh, by the way, send in your emails to support at wrestletalk.com and we'll read out some emails that are good. Or I won't because I won't be here for the next two weeks, but the other people will. Uh, Juan Gabriel says, what's going on, boys? Uh, I know we all love Pokemon, especially the anime, uh, the anime, even though as adults, it doesn't make sense. I was doing some videos for my gaming TikTok, and I started researching gaming theories when I came across two crazy theories about Pokemon, and I wanted to share it with you guys. Number one, Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow takes place a few years after a war occurred between Kanto and another nation. There is a lack of uh, males, except for the elderly, lack of infrastructure and population, why your character doesn't even have a father, why your mother sees you as the man of the house, and the prevalence of hospitals and gyms. Hmm. I mean that that uh, the electric type Pokemon helped Lieutenant Surge in the war. In the war, yeah, exactly. So it's pretty. It's a, it's a, it's a good theory. I, I like it's that a one. Theory, a game theory. Thanks for watching. Uh, no, no, not that. Um, <laughs> and number two. Uh, Pokemon Go is the very first game in the Pokemon timeline, and most importantly, is about the build-up to the Great Pokemon War that devastates the world. Now for the scary part. Team Valor, Team Mystic, and Team Instinct are the three competing factions with very different belief systems and very powerful Pokemon that end up starting the Great Pokemon War over the question of artificial Pokemon like Porygon and Mewtwo, a war so violent that by Generation 1, all of them are gone. Annihilated in the frenzy of the war, vanished from history and all memory without a trace, or perhaps even outright banned due to the destruction their competing ide ideologies caused. 
that's also a very fun theory. I like that. Indeed. Indeed. And I, I, I've heard a similar theory about it being like pre uh, all the other games because you get you can turn the Pokemon into candies essentially if you send them to the whoever the professor is in Pokemon Go and you get the, the candies back and that's like some like ancient technology was like a precursor to like rare candies and stuff like that. And I, I, I buy it. I, 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 can, I can buy into that theory as well. Sure. Like sure. I, like I think this is more thought than Game Three Game Freak has put into Pokemon in oh, yeah. a long time. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean that's yeah, no. that, that's that's without a doubt. This this is pure theory crafting and, and piecing together tiny pieces of things that weren't supposed to be connected. But I can buy it anyway. Doesn't matter. It's fun. It's fun theory crafting. Um <laughs> thank you for the email, Juan Gabriel. Do appreciate it. Um Send in your emails to uh, support at WrestleTalk.com. And then we're just going to have to wrap up this episode because we need to go live very shortly uh, for the actual show. Spoilers, we record these the main show after the intro and outro. Uh, but thank you very much for listening, everyone. I'm going to be off for two weeks. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be great. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, I'm I know. Be here you're... watching these stupid shows by myself. No, you're, you're going to have some other people coming to help you. I'm, I might have a manservant that I might be able to call on and uh, maybe review SmackDown Rampage next week. We'll see. Um, but regardless, thanks, everyone. See you in a couple weeks. Luke will be back before I'm back as well. So you guys get your... Luke's coming back. Isn't that exciting? He's coming back as of, I think, like next Thursday or something. He's going to be back, which is awesome. I love that guy. Um so yeah, excited for Luke to come back. I'll be off for two weeks. I'll see you guys when I get back. Thanks for listening. Really do appreciate it. Stay safe. We love you very much. Goodbye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.